Tomorrow, the first criminal trial concerning alleged war crimes by Australian military forces in Afghanistan begins. But the man in the dock at the ACT Supreme Court isn't accused of committing war crimes. He's a military lawyer who blew the whistle. David McBride is charged with five offences over leaking defence documents to journalists Andrew Clark, Chris Masters and the ABC's Dan Oakes. If convicted under the Defence Act, he faces, quote, a fine of any amount or imprisonment for any term or both. Kieran Pender is senior lawyer at the Human Rights Law Centre and the founder of its Whistleblower Project, and he's been a prominent advocate for the charges against David McBride being dropped. Kieran, thanks for joining us on Sunday Extra. Good morning. The indictment against David McBride identifies the 1st of December 2013 as the first date of an alleged offence. The Public Interest Disclosures Act, which is the Federal Whistleblowers Act, started on the 1st of July 2013, so about six months before that. And it's got a section in it which says there's no civil or criminal liability for making a public interest disclosure. That sounds like the sort of provision which should be helpful to someone like David McBride, but I gather it's not going to be an issue in this trial which is beginning tomorrow. Why not? One of the really significant things about this case is that David McBride sought to rely on a defence under federal whistleblowing law, the Public Interest Disclosure Act, as you mentioned, uh, but was forced to withdraw that defence after the government made national security claims, what's called public interest immunity claims, to prevent relevant evidence in the case being used in his defence. So we have a situation where someone who sought the protection of whistleblowing law, law that says you can speak up internally, you can speak up to oversight bodies, and as a last resort in relevant circumstances, you can go to the media. That's the legal framework that David McBride sought protection under um, but wasn't able to ultimately use that protection and instead is now going on trial. Mm, yeah, so even though that, that law stays in place, the fact that the public interest immunity has been applied means that you just can't bring evidence that means that you can rely on it. That's a pretty concerning situation for whistleblowers. Um, David McBride's lawyers also released a letter this week from the Attorney General's department uh, saying that these charges would not be dropped. You were one of the people who were advocating for the Attorney General to intervene. Did the Attorney General's department explain why the charges haven't been dropped? Not in any great detail. So there are two people who in Australia oversee... um, prosecutions and ensure at a federal level they're in the public interest. One is the Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions, but the Attorney-General reflecting ultimate accountability to Parliament and to the Australian people has the power to end a prosecution. There have been repeated calls for that power to be exercised in this case and and last week, earlier this week I should say, David McBride's lawyers released a letter from the Attorney-General's Department confirming that that power wouldn't be exercised in this case, which means it will go ahead. Now, Julian, obviously with the trial due to start, there's legal limits on what we can say, but Mm. I think what is clear is that prosecution of whistleblowers, and David, it's not the only case in Australia at the moment, the prosecution of whistleblowers has a really significant chilling effect on other people speaking up. I'm a lawyer. I act for whistleblowers. I have clients saying to me, I don't want to blow the whistle. I'm scared about blowing the whistle, often about really significant wrongdoing because they see these examples of whistleblowers 
being prosecuted, in other cases being sued, in other cases losing their job. And so to, to me that's what's remarkable at the fact that we've got to this position where on Monday this trial begins because prosecuting whistleblowers has a really undermining effect on whistleblower protection and on protecting and empowering those people who expose wrongdoing in Australia. There was a phrase in the letter from the Attorney General's Department which caught my eye. It said that the Attorney General only uh, intervenes in very unusual and exceptional circumstances. Now, look, a lot of the whistleblower cases seem to sort of fall at least in the broad sense of those uh, terms of unusual and exceptional. What do we know about when and why an Attorney General will exercise a discretion not to uh, have a prosecution proceed? We know that uh, so the, 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 this power exists because ultimately the power to prosecute arose out of the prerogative of the, the king and the queen in, in, in England inherited by our Attorney-General. Um, we now have an independent prosecutorial service, the Director of Public Prosecutions, but because the Attorney-General is responsible for that, ultimately retains this power to intervene. Um, we know that that is a power that has been closely guarded and and the role of the attorney general in the um prosecutorial system ultimately led to to bob ellicott uh, in the 70s resigning uh, from cabinet because he felt he was being pressured to exercise his powers over prosecutions one way or the other so it's been the independence of the attorney has been closely guarded in that respect mm. we've seen the power used very recently last year in fact in a very similar case where um, Bernard Caleri, as listeners may know, uh, was being prosecuted in relation to allegedly exposing Australia's espionage against our neighbours, Timor-Leste, and um, the Attorney-General, Mark Jaffer's KC, discontinued that case last July. So the power exists. It's an important power um, where cases are not in the public interest. Um, and uh, given what I, I noted about the, the, the chilling effect that prosecuting people who expose government wrongdoing has on our democracy, um, you know, there has been many calls for the attorney to act in this case. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned the Commonwealth DPP. They obviously haven't made a decision uh, not to prosecute in this case, but I think it was the Commonwealth DPP that decided not to pursue charges against um, uh, the ABC uh, journalist who I mentioned after there was a raid, and they said that wasn't in a public interest, but we don't know any of the reasoning for that, do we? We don't, and I guess that's what's unusual about this case at the moment. In The ABC was raided over um, the Afghan Files reporting, which is the reporting that's allegedly come off the back of Davin McBride providing these documents to the ABC. The, the Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions ultimately reached the view and stated publicly that they thought they would be able to get a conviction against the, the ABC journalists, but it wasn't in the public interest to proceed which I think raises the obvious question, well, if it's not in the public interest to prosecute the journalist, why is it in the public interest to prosecute the whistleblower? Now, the, that's never really been explained. Of, of course, the, the, the Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions doesn't ultimately have to justify their prosecutions, but I think in a, an important case like this, um, that raises real questions. But part of the complexity here is we haven't had a Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions for over 12 months um, and in, in Senate estimates recently, Senator David Shoebridge raised these sort of questions towards the Attorney-General's Department to what extent the absence of 
uh, current Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions with the independence and authority that a, an independent appointment makes, um, the absence of that has on whether this case is proceeding or not. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned those independent bodies. Supporters of whistleblower reform, including the independent MP Helen Haynes, want there to be a whistleblower ombudsman. Um, if there was an office like that that existed, what would it do and, and would it have anything to do in a situation like the one that David McBride's facing? So uh, the Human Rights Law Centre, many civil society groups and dozens and dozens of crossbenchers, most vocally um, Dr Helen Haynes, MP, as you mentioned, have been calling for the establishment of a whistleblower protection authority or commission to oversee, enforce whistleblowing laws and to support whistleblowers. This would be a really significant development. It's It's an idea that's been floated for some time now. Labor at the 2019 election promised to set up such a body uh, the crossbench version of the National Anti-Corruption Commission legislation, um, which Labor supported under the last government, uh, had a body built into it of this nature. Unfortunately, the current National Anti-Corruption Commission doesn't have a dedicated whistleblowing office within it, and Labor has uh, walked back its commitment and is currently only committed to a discussion paper considering the idea, which um, is due out by the end of this year. Such a body would oversee and enforce these laws and provide support and guidance to whistleblowers, um, and, and there are many similar examples in other countries. So this is not novel by, by any stretch. I think in a case like this, what would be critical is it would be a port of call for whistleblowers to get advice and support and know the right channels to go through and the right pathway to follow. One of the major problems with whistleblowing law in Australia is that it is incredibly complex we had a few years ago a federal judge say, you know, you need a law degree to understand this, and that's not good. The law shouldn't work that way given it's designed to help people understand it and then exercise their rights to expose wrongdoing. So in a case like this, it, it might provide the support necessary, but then it would also be a, 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 have you know the ability to intervene in important cases, to seek to be heard on whether cases should be proceeding Um, whether whistleblowing law is applicable. There's another whistleblower currently being prosecuted, uh, Richard Boyle, who exposed wrongdoing at the tax office um, to the ABC and to the nine newspapers. He's being prosecuted. He lost a defence under whistleblowing law and has appealed and and the Human Rights Law Centre intervened in that appeal as a friend of the court. That's the sort of function that a whistleblowing office should be playing, just as the Human Rights Commission in Australia in important human rights cases can seek to uh, argue support for protection of human rights. We need an independent statutory body with appropriate independence and resourcing to be enforcing these laws because we've had whistleblowing laws in Australia for decades. They're not working, and one of the reasons they're not working is a lack of institutional support for them. Mm. Well, uh, at least I suppose we know that the David McBride trial is on, which is better than what happened to Witness Jay, who was tried and jailed in secret. What else is known about how the McBride trial will be conducted and how much of it, given that it does relate to defence material, will occur in public? It begins on Monday in the ACT Supreme Court, uh, and I know it's been publicised that there's going to be a rally outside the court ahead of the case beginning um, beyond that, we don't know all that much. It's scheduled to go for three weeks. Um, a, a jury being impaneled midweek after some initial legal argument is, is what's currently understood. 
Um, but there will be some secrecy applied to the case. Uh, the National Security Information Act has been invoked in relation to it. So something like the Human Rights Law Centre, you know, and I'll be trying to go to court and observe it closely given our role in, in seeing to advocate for whistleblowers and, and open justice. We've been very concerned in a number of similar cases, Bernard Killeary's case being one, Witness K, Witness J, the level of secrecy being applied to court proceedings in Australia has been extremely undemocratic. Um, so we'll be uh, seeking to closely monitor and ensure um, as much of this case is in open court um, because that's really important. If, if the government's going mm. to continue to oversee a whistleblower and being on trial, then um, it's very important the public knows what's going on. Kieran Pender, thanks very much for joining us on Sunday Extra. A pleasure. Kieran's the senior lawyer at the Human Rights Law Centre and founder of its Whistleblower Project. And David McBride's trial starts in the ACT, not the ABC, uh, on Monday tomorrow and is expected to run for three weeks. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.